0: Chicken Chong, Chicken Chong, Chicken Chong. They're two sales dudes from a cloud voice company But with a superpower that you wouldn't believe Monday mornings they transform into some dope co-hosts With sports
1: pranks and and jokes It's business
0: breakfast and banter Just try and hold back your laughter Cause it's some really funny Spit out your coffee kinda quick wit So grab a Pop-Tart and let the work week start Momentum Mondays, yeah with Chuck and Sean. Chuck and Shawn to Mondays yeah. with Chuck and Sean. Chuck and Sean, Chuck and Shawn, Chuck and Sean. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Chuck. We've had some fun this morning, haven't we? Hashtag We've had technical some difficulty. Yeah. It's no big deal. We're here. Well, the good news is all 13 of our viewers your family my family and now we have one month one more that'll be joining us we'll just they have no idea do they yeah did you
2: say one month
0: it's
2: not very nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) one month yeah dog Dog. (laughs) what's on the docket for today Uh, we got a lot we got a lot
2: going on here momentum obviously we came off the channel show a few weeks ago in las vegas uh i think we had I don't know. Forty-seven meetings. Uh, people coming out did to the cabana. Did you just make that
0: number up? Forty. Yeah, probably
2: forty. Forty-eight. I just said we just had another one. Just
0: realized. 40, 50. One. We just had another one. We just. Did we, had 40,
2: it. we had 40, 50 meetings. Um, great event. Always windy in Las Vegas. I feel like uh, our
0: banner fell over. Actually, the banner hit you in the head. It. <laughs> we we were sitting in a cabana talking to a client partner. And man, I just next thing you know, I was laid out on the ground. Something hit me. I was like,
2: it hit you right in the side of the temple. You started walking around. I had to make sure you didn't fall in the
0: bushes or the pool. Yeah. By the good. way, I we need to talk about that. I need to file an HR report. I think I'm gonna need to <laughs> need to make some money on this one. That's it. <laughs> oh, Yeah, it was it's definitely windy in Vegas. You played golf. Um one of our partners made a bet, didn't they?
2: They did make a bet.
0: I don't think they won though,
2: but they made they made some good money in Las Vegas.
0: They did. Did you make any money?
2: I made a few hundred dollars, nothing major, but uh golfed at Shadow Creek, which was phenomenal. Just the whole experience. The only way to get to Shadow Creek is by limo. You have to stay at an MGM Grand Hotel to play there. So we stayed at the Bellagio to go play, took a partner, just the whole the whole uh event I was I thought phenomenal. you
0: said you had to stay at the MGM to play there, but then you said you stayed at the Bellagio. An MGM Grand Hotel, Bellagio is one of them. Oh, it's all owned by the same ownership. All owned yeah. by the same ownership.
2: Speaking, Chuck, of- I was more than
0: happy to put you up at Vegas last time I did that for one of our partners. I think I put him at Circus Soleil or not Circus Soleil? Yeah, they're hanging from the from the top with the water shooting at him or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, this gentleman asked. He said, "Hey, if I sell this big deal for momentum, will you pay my way to Vegas?" And I said, "Absolutely, I got your hotel room and." Where did I end up putting him up at? I think you put him at Circus Circus.
2: Like it was $64 a night plus tax and it came with free towel. <laughs>
0: that poor guy. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen much from him since, have we? No, zero. Zero. <laughs> oh. so who, who do we have? Uh who do we have as our special guest today, Sean? You know, it's it's funny you ask. We're taking a turn we're taking the turn for the positive on this show, and we're starting to do Things a little different. We're going after people that have had unique careers. I mean, last time we had Travis Redmire from the MLP Major League Pickleball. Uh, we figured we would stick with the major league theme. And only this time, um, this next guest is a little bit uh, near and dear to my heart. He's a family member. He's been a partner in crime, and I say that because if you see up in the corner right now, one of nine children. And this sibling decided to fly the coop many, many years ago and go off and become a major league professional umpire. Welcome, Paul. How do you say your last name? I say Nard. What do you say? Well, I say Nard. Why do you do that? That's not right. That's not like we've had
1: this debate, Paul. So there's a player in baseball. His name is M-A-U-E-R, and they call him Joe Maurer. There's another guy with B A U E R and his name is Bauer. So I figured ours N A U E R T is Nowert. Well, Sean, that
2: doesn't Sean, that doesn't go my theme. When someone says, "How do you pronounce his name?"
0: I said it rhymes with fart.
2: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that anymore.
0: I can't say it a fluid. fart. <laughs> so guys, for those who don't know, Paul has been in uh, Major League Baseball recently. Just retired. Uh, has done. Many, many years of professional baseball, even up to and including a World Series. You see that he did the 2017 uh, Dodgers-Astros World Series. Hold on a second.
2: Um, I guess I'm banging. Is that coming from the dugout?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody asked me the other day, they said, is that the game where they got caught cheating? I'm like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) It was the entire series, I assume. Yeah, well done, Paul. So... (laughs)
0: Paul, welcome to the show. Welcome to Momentum Mondays. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I obviously know all about you. Um, not that impressive, but other people find it very. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, one of the questions that I get asked all the time, Paul, is how did he get started in umpiring Major especially, League Baseball,
2: especially from Louisville, Kentucky, where it's not like a major city where you have you know already a Major League Baseball team. It, it's 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 really in- intriguing.
1: Uh, Well, my story is um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I was playing in a basement band, and I was living at home, and my father was just not happy with me. And a friend of mine who was doing some high school baseball found a brochure for this umpire school in Daytona Beach, Florida and asked me if I wanted to go, and I just heard Florida five weeks, and that sounded like a vacation, and I was ready to go, so I took off, um, never never having umpired ever played the game, but never umpired, didn't really even know if this is what I wanted to do, and over the course of the five weeks, I just, um, just became intrigued with the game, um, seeing it from a new perspective, and then Felt like this might be something that, that I could do, but um, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't ready. I was told at the end of that season or that school year that I needed a lot of experience. And so I, I took that to heart and went back and worked uh, a lot of little league games, high school games, and just tried to get better at, at becoming a professional umpire. Went back to the school and qualified, and that started my journey.
0: So let's go back to your comment. You said I was playing in a basement band. Oh yeah. My father wasn't happy with me. Was he not happy with you or your your band and your singing?
1: He didn't really know about our band. He wasn't happy that I was living at home <laughs> at 23 years of age. So he was ready for me to go. Uh,
0: I asked the quite they asked a question, what got him in it? And I said, I think he just wanted to get away from the family. He just needed yeah. his own space. Yeah. So how long does it take? So, Chuck, I know you got some questions, but real quick, how long from the time you went to that Harry Wendelstadt Professional School of Umpiring, talk to people about the progression? Because I've obviously, you, you know, is it A ball, double A, triple A? How long does it take? What's the progression?
1: Well, I mean, the progression is different for different people, and it, it really depends on openings, it depends on ability. Um, I was fairly fortunate. I, you know, after umpire school, you, everyone goes to rookie ball. So I started in rookie ball. I worked one year in rookie ball. That was the Appalachian League. Um, And then at the end of that season, I was promoted. So I spent two years at A-ball, which is the next step forward. Um, And that's about a normal time frame. And then after two years in A-ball, I was promoted to double-A. And I spent two years in double-A. And then after my first year of promotion to triple-A, the National League supervisor at that time, um took an interest in me and took me to big league spring training so for the next five years i was going up and down between the big leagues and triple a but it took me a total of 11 years total to actually get hired on full-time into the big leagues wow and uh you were number 39 why number 39 well my number actually changed So I started out at 39 Um, at the time that I got hired. I was um, I had three children and being one of nine. So I took the number 39 after the end of the 99 season. There were 25 umpires who were let go and I was part of that uh, process. So for three years, I actually sat out of the game. And then when I got back into the game after many years of going through court, um, legal process and and um, you know just just getting back I had to take number 96 so for probably the next five or six years I was 96 and then when the number 39 became available because uh, w- when they merged the national league and the American League anybody that had dual numbers the most senior guy got to wear the number and so when the most senior guy gave up 39 and became available I went back to 39.
0: It also has family memory to us, Paul. Um, And I can say this: we lost our mother uh, when we were young, or we younger, and our mom was born in '39. So I do remember Paul mentioning that that was uh, sentimental to the family and certainly to him. So, real quick, Paul, a lot of fun altercations. We've had the pleasure of watching you through the years. (laughs) Obviously, it's like the unsung hero. One in particular comes to mind as the Tory Hunter um, altercation, where. What appeared to be something, and you see in this article here where, quote, umpire strikes ball player, turned out to be something totally different. What what happened there?
1: Well, first of all, there's not any fun altercations on a baseball field. So <laughs> um, when you're going through them, it's it's sometimes the worst feeling ever. Um, but, you know, it's funny you bring up the Torrey Hunter because that was one where um, – the pitcher had just hit Tory Hunter with the pitch and we ejected the pitcher and there were words exchanged between the pitcher and Torrey. And I was just trying to help him stay in the game. And so when I got up in front of him, I kind of, what I thought, just, you know, give him a little love tap on the face. And it was like, Hey, talk to me, don't talk to him. And it came out in the press that I slapped Tory Hunter and, uh, The next thing I knew, the people outside of baseball wanted me fired and the league office wanted to suspend me. And I was like, holy crap. So after a long conversation with my boss at that time, which was Joe Torrey, it was, you know, they all understood that it wasn't malicious, but it was, I told him, I said, I'll go and apologize. And so Torrey Hunter and I had a lengthy discussion where, you know, I apologized, but he was just as apologetic to everyone saying, Paul did me a favor. And I think it was because of that, that that really kind of played in my favor. And, uh, you know, we were we were still are great friends. And, um, you know, it kind of came comical because I went out to the plate the next day and the manager came out and he said, how you doing? I said, fine. But I just got a director from the league that I can't slap any more of your players. And he said, (laughs) yeah, he said I was kind of weird. So. I mean, everybody was happy with it, but it just got way blown
0: out of I do remember that. And there's a video out there where, like, the next game, you two meet up in the middle of the field. We might have that video here in a minute if if our, if Elijah could queue it up. But I do remember the the press conference when Tory said, "Paul and I go way back," and he was telling me, "Come on, man, you're better than that. Your kids are watching." So you know, it was. It, we thought it was interesting because what the media took in one you know, scenario was completely different than what well, actually and if happened. You,
1: if you watch the end of that video, I actually pat him on the butt. And then it was like, Oh no, don't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Well, listen, I, as we're talking about stories and altercations, this wasn't necessarily an altercation, but I don't know if you remember this, Paul, but many, many years ago. So probably I, you know, the three sons that I have Tyler, Trevor and Turner Tyler and Trevor were at the time. You don't get to think about that, John. I did. There's one more. Tyler
2: Trevor, Torrey Holt. Nope,
0: not Torrey Hunter. (laughs) Not Torrey Turner. Uh, But anyway, there were, if you remember, we were at a Cincinnati Reds game. And I think Tyler was probably six and Trevor was probably four. There was Adam Dunn, Ryan Friel, and Ken Griffey Jr. And you had given, so the story goes, as we went underneath after the game, you had given Tyler and Trevor baseballs that you had had in your bag bag from the game. And you said, hey, go ahead and get the car, meet me out front, we'll go get something to eat. We had walked out of your door, so down below where the umpires are is directly across from the ball players. We walk out and at the exact same time, uh, Adam Dunn and Ryan Friel walk out. And they're just in t-shirts and jeans and Adam Dunn sees that Tyler and Trevor have baseballs and he looks at them and says, well, hey guys, uh, I see you have a baseball. You want me to sign it? And Ty- Tyler goes, nope. And I'm like, no, buddy. <laughs> that's what they do, right? Like they sign it. The audience like, dad, I, I don't want him to sign it. Uncle Paul gave me this ball. So I'm sitting there explaining to the guys, well, Ryan Friel starts laughing. Apparently he thinks that's funny, but the best part was when Dunn says, well, that's all right. And he looks at Trevor, the younger one, and he goes, hey, buddy, you want me to sign your ball for you? And Trevor looks at him and goes, nope. <laughs> and so neither one of them wanted him to sign the ball. We turn around and the third gentleman that walks out the door is Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, guys, y'all gotta go get the signature of this guy. But all I hear is Ryan Friel tell uh, Ken Griffey Jr. He says, hey man, I smell minor league because now kids don't even want Dunn's autograph." <laughs> and do you know paul for years those baseballs sat on their dresser with nobody's signature on it it was just a great uncle paul there you go
2: well i got a quick speed round paul as we wrap up so sean wants to give you the speed round here so who's your favorite player
1: uh i could tell you now because i'm out of the game greg Maddux was my favorite player
2: ah atlanta
1: how about uh, your favorite team don't have a favorite team. I grew up a Cincinnati fan being from Louisville, but I quickly learned in the profession that I'm in that uh, they hate us all equally. <laughs> all right. Last two favorite coach. I uh, had a lot of great managers over the years. Jim Tracy was always one of the guys that I really liked being around. All right. And last one favorite brother. <laughs> I'm going go to <laughs> go with Tony. I'm going to go with Tony you're such a smart (laughs) god rest his soul yeah actually tony and i were the closest growing up so yeah but it chuck before we go
0: paul has only done one duet with one brother that's true if anybody ever gets the chance to go google the osmond brothers ding dong daddy from dumas that's paul and i as kids all right Thank you, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all for having me. Good seeing you, man. I look forward to seeing you. For those who don't know, Paul doesn't live in Louisville, hasn't lived in Louisville for over 20, 30 years. So we will see you in a couple weeks at the wedding. The wedding. Yep. Paul, thanks for joining us. Enjoy retirement. Thank you all for having me. Thanks. All right. That
1: was really good.
2: That was really good. I, I just think the knowledge, you know, when you find out how Paul got into Major League Baseball, you know, you think about how do people get into telecom for example you know i started literally i i uh applied on an ad when i was in louisville kentucky you know some marketing coordinator ad i'm like all right i'll try that i don't i didn't even know what it was and i've been in the industry now what 25 28 years um you know the the the, the running joke of course is i started in the mailroom it wasn't that far off my office was actually the mailroom i did a lot of stuff <laughs> in the mailroom. i helped in marketing so hey i'm in front of the mailroom what, what can i tell you but hearing all that, it's just amazing. And now you think of the evolution of communications, you know, um, managed network services that we offer, SD WAN solutions. I, I think that we are uh, uh, being overlooked in some areas about our strength with our SD WAN solution, with the new Mist Portal that we have rolling out, with Marvis, and all the applications you can get within the SD WAN solution uh, that we're in the process of rolling out right now. We've had SD WAN for about a year, year and a half, as part of our our Nid devices, our SD WAN part of the Nid, did part of the SD WAN. But we continue to evolve. We have our cloud line solution. You know, POTS replacement. Everyone has to replace their pots lines by the end of twenty twenty three. Well, guess what? We have an option for that, and we've been we've been winning some really large opportunities. So, hopefully, that uh, gave gave us a
0: quick little plug there, Sean. No, that's great, Chuck. And sincerely, that's exactly what we talked about last week with Travis Radmeyer. With- all taking a tech taking a profession regardless of what that profession is and being able to evolve over time we talked last time about travis being a tennis player now evolving into pro pickleball but now being an owner you look at some of the technology that evolved in major league baseball you know from when they started to now everything instant replay to the technology and being able to pivot and have as we call it situational fluency so listen guys for those who paid attention this entire time um, we hope you've enjoyed Momentum Mondays, but give us a call at Momentum. We're definitely on the forefront of some of the great things happening here. We look forward to seeing everybody out in the field. Thanks for joining us again. Chuck, I'll see you back at the Momentum office. See ya. Sounds
2: good. Have a good week. Thanks, everyone. See ya, everybody.
0: Thanks.